Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Now, Jamie, famously, you're a cat person Uh, yes, for the moment for the moment, interesting. So, so that's an allegiance that you're you're willing to change. I, I see your, uh, your convictions. I, I am I am a cat person merely by the fact that by by no powers of my own, as I have never purchased my own pet. Uh, cats were the people, the the animals that were in my household when I grew up. Uh, that does not mean that I would never acquire uh, a a canine of any sort. Uh, that's assuming that we're considering that this is a purely binary choice of either cats or dogs. You know. If I acquire a guinea pig, does that make me a guinea pig person? Who knows? But in terms of my that allegiance That makes you a for... flea bag, Jamie. <laughs> in terms of my allegiance for cats, I do love them. I believe they are great pets, but I do not believe that makes uh, them in any way uh, greater than uh, any other pet that someone may uh, like. I-, I should also say that I am running for, for pet office. It's my diplomatic response <laughs> in this pet debate. <laughs> anyway, you clearly had more. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> Well, here's my thing, right? So I went to uh, puppy training this week, which of course is you go to a, a pet center, um, you know, you and kind of uh, eight other couples, eight other people sit around with your puppies. I think, wow, my puppy's about eight times the size of all these other puppies. Holy shit, how small are these dogs? The other dogs then pee on the floor and then I feel superior that my puppy's only problem is that she likes to jump up on people. But really, that's not a great problem to have. I feel everyone's judging each other. It's like a little room yeah. of judgment, all right? Like, oh, at least my puppy doesn't do that. Yeah, whose who's dog is the, the least shit in this room? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're 100%. fighting for supremacy of the, the not worst dog. And it made me think, you know, do people have cat training classes? Like, is that a thing? Do people have like, I'm going to bring my cat in, we're going to train my cat for skills? And if not, why are cats so shit? Uh, oh, oh, inflammatory, inflammatory, and I, I, I can't help but feel that that's a leading question there, sir. Uh, therefore, I will not answer it as it is not good faith. Uh, but I will answer the first half, which is uh, no, uh, because uh, cats can fucking behave themselves. So uh, that's my answer to your fucking question. You patronizing little shit. <laughs> Well, I guess uh, I guess someone is coming right out of the gate. Here's my what I love is uh, how much I, I feel like dog people just irrationally hate cats, uh, and that is a sign that you will never be a dog person. All right, you might be like an animal person. Clearly, you want to be king of Zootopia. Yeah. Which, okay, good for you. The human shows up in Zootopia. It's like fuck all you buddies and things. Al- I'm Alexander, king now. I Alexander, I I just said I am running for public office. King is not a diplomatically elected position. It whoa, is actually whoa. Lord Chancellor of Zootopia, thank you very much. I also don't know if Lord Chancellor is a diplomatically elected position, but it sounded more diplomatically elected than, than King. Governor At least it, Ge- yep. well, actually, Governor General is also not diplomatic. Uh, is Governor, I can't remember. Governor oh. General is appointed by the Prime Minister, who is then appointed by the Queen. Look, so Alexander, all I'm saying is that you are fucking up your opportunity to be my Chancellor of the Exchequer when I inevitably win in my Why does campaign. the Lord Chancellor have a chance to exchange? Lord <laughs> Chancellor, I think, is just... Is that not just Palpatine from, like, when he's working in the Senate? Isn't he the Lord Chancellor? Look, look 
the world of Zootopia has taken some elements of human life and diplomatic systems, but they have also improved them in certain ways, such as finding the term Lord Chancellor as their leader quite a funny term. Um, so all I know is that I am running for it, and if you vote for me uh, on October 4th uh, of 2021, I can guarantee that Alexander Gillespie will not be my Chancellor of the Exchequer. That is my promise to the people of Zootopia, oh, oh. given his segregated views on the, on the world. Hey, 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 I don't believe in segregation, Jamie. I believe in survival of the fittest, all right? What I'm talking about is dogs eating cats, all right? Let me get so, you, so you don't believe in segregation. Just... You wins. We've heard it here first, dear listeners. Alexander does not believe in segregation, but he does believe in supremacy. <laughs> I'm not I'm not adding an adjective to that. I'm not saying just just the general concept. And before we dig ourselves into too much of a deeper hole, I must say hello! Blank Spank, Season 2, The Hathaway's Dash Away. I'm Jamie Lockson, and with me as always is my co-host, Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al! No. No, Al. I have been slandered, and I shall (laughs) never, ever say hello again. Okay, that's good, uh, because I do have something to say, which is that actually... uh, People may uh, notice this week that uh, my my voice is slightly huskier than usual, and uh, that intro was actually quite difficult for me to do. Uh, But as you know, Alexander, uh, I do have a voice note that I sent to you last night uh, as demonstration of just how fucked my voice was then. Um... I'm going to play some of it. I'm not going to play all of it for reasons that are going to become clear as soon as it starts. Oh, no. I, yeah, here we go. Alexander. Uh, I am considering using this audio on the podcast, hence why I'm calling you Alexander. Uh, it is 1am before we record the podcast. Uh, we are due to record the podcast in uh, T-15 hours. Uh, and honestly, that that's going to be it. That's going to be it, Alexander, because um, I just wanted proof of uh, quite how fucked my voice was last night so that in comparison to how my voice sounds now, it will my voice now will seem uh, such a, a relief after that uh, atrocious display. Uh, that that message did go on for another around about minute and a half. I was mm-hmm. quite drunk uh, and I do not wish to play the rest of it. Do, do you think people want to know how I sounded yesterday? I mean, we're just, you know, we're just... Oh, uh, yeah, no, no, you, you responded and you weren't drunk and it wasn't 1am for you. So you are yeah. more than welcome to play your response if you wish. Dear Jamie, thank you for your voice memo or voice note, whichever you prefer. Your voice sounds delightful and of course your presence tomorrow at the podcast will be expected and enjoyed as always. If anything, this may be an improvement over your usual voice. <laughs> as always, kind regards and much love, Al. See, I did not I, remember any of that, Alexander, because uh, I listened to that at subsequent one o'clock in the morning after a birthday party. Um, and as, as you can tell, uh, I am still recovering. Uh, I was already having a sore throat before I attended this party. I don't know why I chose to drink as much as I did. I don't know why I chose to shout as much as I did, but I am suffering for it today. Uh, but did, I, 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 yep. Do they remember to give you a party bag? Uh, we were actually we were given a bottle of champagne by the by the host uh, because he had missed our housewarming party. Uh, I say champagne. I shouldn't give him. It was prosecco. I'm not giving him that much plaudits. Um, <laughs> uh, but as he had missed our housewarming party uh, a few weeks earlier, um, he was. We we were given a party bag. Uh, a, 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 no, an no, adult so, party sorry, bag Jamie. Jamie, when you said he, yeah, I got a party bag. It was champagne. 
I was under the impression he was giving a bottle of champagne to... I don't know who this party what is, to be honest, but I was under the impression that whoever this is is loaded enough to be giving a bottle of champagne no, no, to no, everyone no. who walks we, out of we this door. We were the only recipients of uh, the, the bottle of... Again, stop giving him too many plaudits. It was Prosecco, not champagne. <laughs> but it was very kind of him, uh, and I'm excited to consume it uh, at some later date. Uh, of course, reverting into my <laughs> diplomatic uh, voice. I do think that uh, it, it does just add some some... Nice, nice. Uh, oh, I've, oh, I'm too hungover, Alexander. I thought I was. I was looking for words. Uh, nice, nice it? tones. I guess tones, I, yeah. I can't think of a good word, so I'm gonna go with tones. It it, it adds just a little bit of spice to my voice that uh, that was not there before. Uh, it's a little bit of it's some character, Jamie. This is how your voice would sound if you just smoked all the time again. All right, <laughs> you know, and clearly it's an improvement. But um, uh, or perhaps Alexander, I was bingo. Just a, how was Big? How was Bingo? Oh, I forgot that was like, Bingo was fucking weird, Alexander. We went to Bingo Loco in Derby, uh, the world's greatest bingo rave. If people don't remember that from last week, um, and um, it was really fucking weird. It started at seven thirty in the evening, which is not when raves should start. And so they were fucking loudly pumping music from like se- well, it, the doors opened at six thirty, so they were pumping loud music from like six forty-five. And I'm like, I'm not in the vibe for this and it shut at 10 30 even weirder secondly um the way it inter intermingled uh, the themes of rave and bingo was every few numbers the bloke who was hosting would just go oh we haven't had a song for the ladies here's one for the girls and then the lights would go down and he'd play whatever fucking song dancing queen or whatever and then the lights would come back up everyone would sit down <laughs> and then he would go oh and who could forget this classic and then mr brightside would start and all the sunlight would go down again and everyone would be like oh i guess we're standing up again and it was very weird it was a very good time i i believe my brother listened to this uh, and it was for his uh, birthday it was a very good time but it was also extremely weird um and also turns out i'm bad at bingo didn't know it was possible but uh, i didn't get a single row the entire evening uh, i'm what bad at bingo somehow i'm bad at a randomly number generated game um, but thank you for asking. I just got to remember that very strange evening I had last week. Um, Jamie, and, what are we watching? Yes? Oh, sorry. sorry. Uh, no, no, I, I was going to transition, Alexander. I was actually going to transition oh. before the bingo thing uh, by saying uh, perhaps uh, my voice is not infected uh, by the poor decisions that I have made, but that uh, the <laughs> Sainsbury's round the corner uh, has actually been bleeding toxic sludge into my water supply, hence my croaky voice for today and of course that is appropriate because we are reviewing 2019 2020s depending on which country you're in uh dark waters starring mark ruffalo and anne hathaway and we must get into it because alexander we're reviewing a good film for once and therefore i'm gonna have things to say uh but it is your uh, week i believe to do film context so what can you tell me about 2019 2020s uh dark waters 2019-2020's Dark Waters, of course, uh, starring uh, Anne Hathaway uh, as woman who has her hair changed a lot throughout 20 years. Also starring Mark, Ru- Mark Ruffalo as uh, Gordon Brown from uh, West Virginia. Um, <laughs> the film centres around the uh, real-life happenings uh, related to the uh, kind of DuPont... Um, I think about the best way to sum this up. Let me go for the, the byline for IMDb. A corporate defense attorney takes on an environmental lawsuit against a chemical company that exposes a lengthy history of pollution. Uh, it is based upon uh, a 
uh, newspaper article, uh, not newspaper article, like New magazine York article from the New York Times magazine, uh, which was called uh, The Lawyer Who Became DuPont's Worst Nightmare in 2016. So obviously a very quick turnaround between the article coming out and uh, the film getting made. It had the tagline, The Truth Has a Man on the Inside, which is a terrible, terrible line. <laughs> I hate, I hate, I hate that tagline. It can go to hell. Um, also, in the cast, you know, it is a fairly, you know, pretty good cast. You have Victor Garber in there, Bill Pullman's in there, uh, William Jackson Harper, of course, uh, Chidi Anagonye from um, The Good Place, also showing up. Um, he's like forty, which I didn't realize because he's in yeah. Midsummer as a grad student, which would be maybe at most like thirty-two. He looks good. All right. Yeah. It's, no, it's- man, man looks good. Man, sexy. He's a good-looking dude. Um, but, of course, uh, it's directed by Todd Haynes, who also directed uh, Carol. I was under the impression that he also had directed uh, Spotlight, but apparently not. Um, so I got that completely wrong. Because um, in my mind, it's like, wow, Spotlight's way better than this. And guess what, guys? Spotlight might be better than this film. We're going to save that for the end, <laughs> whether or not I think Spotlight is a better movie than this. I have not seen Spotlight, so you will just... You've not seen Spotlight? Dude, Jamie, Jamie, can't tell you what my recommendations are going to be in the movie, but you should, you will really, really like Spotlight. Spotlight is your kind of film. Okay. Um, Well, that's light. It's not super funny. Like, it's about priests having abused children. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, it's the priest fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else other than this. Um, some interesting facts. Uh, so, uh, obviously, kind of about this lawyer kind of um, pursuing DuPont. Uh, DuPont, by the point this film came out, had basically split itself in two um, and it put all of its toxic liability assets uh, off into one half of the company. And uh, that half of the company's stock price dropped like seven points after this film came out. Yeah. Um, which I always find funny. Uh, I believe also it was uh, Mark Ruffalo himself that bought the rights to the article uh, because he is a producer on it. So he bought the rights to the article and then and then produced this movie um, and, then, and then put himself in it, um, which, you know, yeah. fair enough. I really like the idea of him re- sitting down reading this New York Times article and goes, I'm going to fucking be that guy. I'm just yeah. going to be him. This guy sounds cool. I want to be him. I um, love like Gordon Brown. Um, um it was filmed I, in Ohio, not yeah. uh, Toronto, as my girlfriend thought, which is to say that Toronto looks like a generic city in anywhere in America. Yeah. Um, uh, how much it. money did it make, Alexander? Not a whole lot, but it uh, made about, I think, $22 million worldwide. Absolutely. Do you want to know uh, why it didn't make as much money as expected? Uh, well, Alexander, do you know what the release date was uh, in the United Kingdom for this film? It- Oh, is it like March 1st, 2020? Uh, it was February 28th, 2020. Oh, Do you know what happened on February 8th, 28th, 2020? The first British person died of coronavirus on that exact date. Uh, so unfortunately, while this film was released uh, in November in 2019 in the United States, uh, its international release uh, was rather scuppered. Bastards. I, I still to this day never really understand why international release dates sometimes differ. I, I believe it's because different production, different distribution companies have different rights, different areas. And so, yeah, like, I think there's also it, it can sometimes be on lower budget movies where they're like, we don't think this is going to do well enough to get an international release, but it gets mm. a release in the States, it gets some buzz, and then they're like, ah, fuck it, why not? Let's release it yeah. somewhere else as well. 
I guess also releasing it in November makes it more Oscar season. Uh, yes, Oscar? yes, yeah, this was Oscar it did season. not it did not get nominated for any Oscars, which uh, was considered one of the larger snubs of that year. Uh, we can discuss uh, at the end whether uh, whether we believe it should oust any of. Uh, uh, any of yeah. the films uh, that we'll, were there. We'll be the judge of that, Jamie, right? No one can go around <laughs> here throwing around such slanderous words as snub. Uh, yeah, yeah. Without, so, yeah you look, know, I know, look, I know the Academy is full of old white men and we think instead it should be young white men making these decisions because we know better. The future. That's right. All the Oscars <laughs> next year get decided by two white guys. That's right. Jamie and Al, we're just going to decide the Oscars every year. And, and it's going to be the terminal every single time. <laughs> <laughs> and the winner is... <laughs> Tom Hanks the Terminal the next year and the winner is Steve not Steve Tucci that's Stanley Tucci Stanley Tucci the Terminal Um, right is that everything you've got for me Alexander that is that is all the facts I have therefore we must of course uh, connect this film to our season he's erstwhile season one star Thomas Jeffrey Hanks by virtue of the game Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon uh, where we're wherein we will connect uh, this movie by actors who have starred in movies together to another film starring Tom Hanks or perhaps a TV show because Alexander I can do this in two steps interesting so assume you go viral I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and like mind read you okay yeah. I you mean and I'm not I, well I'm not using the obvious one is what I'm gonna say you could so very easily Mark Ruffalo no Mark Ruffalo Marvel we always fucking do it you go you go through there you get it, it's just boring fuck that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think I can okay. promise you you're not so gonna you get go, it you go Mark Ruffalo nope. Foxcatcher starring Steve Carell Steve Carell also stars in Date Night with Tina Fey and Tina Fey stars in 30 Rock that's I'm good. Sorry. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I'm using uh, William Jackson Harper uh, stars mm. in this uh, and also stars in The Good Place, wherein a cameo is made by one Mr. Paul Shear. And Alexander, how could we forget that Thomas Jeffrey Hanks uh, produced the animated television series Electric City starring one Paul Shear? Oh, so that is my connection. Thank you very much. I don't think, I think, I don't want to be too mean to Paul Shear, but I think Tom Hanks wouldn't recognise him in the street. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's how little that uh, that uh, animated uh, series has had an impact. Here's the thing about Electric City. Even, I remember at the time reading some, not at the time, at the time of us watching it, reading some articles about it. Um, I don't know how Yahoo Screen like functioned as a business no, like at all they made one good move which was let's give community it's the final season and yeah. they claim that sunk that i the, the claim that yet yeah, like community sunk yahoo screen makes no sense to me um no. other than they had no money and then actually paying for a proper tv show sunk them which okay i guess that tracks i believe it <laughs> but you know Good riddance to bad news, Jamie. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Yahoo's screen here. <laughs> this film begins as all good films should, with horny teens getting in a lake of poison water. That's right, guys. Are they going to get mutated? Who knows? The police don't like them. And they're chasing them down. Yeah, they're just, yeah. They're just we, getting around and fucking in the water. We right? were fucking like two two seconds away from getting a Simpsons three-eyed fish just jumping out of this, like making it really fucking heavy-handed. Uh, but yes, um, there were Are people. You there see were these kids again, Jamie. Fuck no. no. This is just it's just like a thematic opening, all right? Yeah. Screw these teens, they're dead. And it and it's and they are hanging in the water. Yeah, I mean it's nighttime, Alexander, and they're in a lake, so they are hanging out in dark waters. What what can we say? They, they, this they, is the it, only it, dark it's water very we appropriate. See. 
throughout the entire. Well, I guess that, I guess I guess river water in general is kind of dark, but it's yeah, not like espe- especially espe- dark, especially this toxic like sludge water. infected yeah. river water. Um, so we then uh, cut to uh, lawyer's office. Mark Ruffalo, big hotshot lawyer, just been brought on as a partner. Um, anyone who has ever watched any legal based uh, TV show or movie, you know what that means. It's like he's got big promotion. He's big boy now. They have partners in legal firms. Do I really understand what it means other than they're more important? No. Do I care before you try and explain it to me? No. So I think it just I think it just means I, I you said, have I, I think it means I you have equity. I think it means you just have equity and then you kind of like you're you're basically one of Yeah, the so you're a big boy important boy. He's big boy important yeah. boy now. He's 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 been working a long time for this company. Um, that how old do you to... think? I'm gonna stop here for a second. How okay. old is he meant to be? Because I have no oh, idea. Who knows? He's Alexander. the same age the entire who fucking movie. knows. We can talk. And about Hathaway that changes in... his haircut. He changes not at all. He gets another haircut. I, I shit you not. But when we get to 2010, I'll mention the fact that he has a new haircut in 2010. But yes, but Alexander, Alexander, his hair does get slightly grayer. Come on, let's 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 not. Yes, the ages of both Mark Ruffalo and Hathaway in this movie that is trying to span 20 years uh, are a bit dicey. It is 1998. Uh, he is forced to leave his uh, office because uh, an absolute parody of, of a uh, southern farmer is waiting in his, uh, in his office. Now, hey, yeah, mate, your granny, yeah. your granny came <laughs> exactly. over here. They stole him, mate. They had to kill my cows. They killed my cows. They yeah. took my cows. Look, I got, it's, I got a wig box. It's the most you. southern thing ever where he's like, why are you here? And he's like, well, your grandma lives in my town and she said she's got a grandson who's a hotshot lawyer, so i got to come up here. Now, Alexander, I'm not, I, I, there is, there is, it's very difficult to not sound too, uh, very privately educated and posh like I am, mm-hmm. uh, when I'm about to say what I'm about to say. I fully understand that there will be people who speak like this man. <laughs> they exist. It is probably a very realistic depiction of the man that this man is supposed to be. But it also makes it very difficult to understand what he's saying and therefore yeah, oh, connect to his story. Oh, I had to turn subtitles on halfway through this movie because this man is garbling half of his lines. This, it reminds me of uh, an example I use all the time, which is uh, Andrew Scott's Hamlet, in which I loved it. Andrew Scott gave the single best, one of the single best perform- actively performances I've ever seen. And the only thing I'd hold against that show is the fact that Andrew Scott is reading Shakespeare like it comes from his soul. And everyone else in the show is reading Shakespeare like it's Shakespeare. And that's not a knock to everyone else, but everyone is doing something... Not everyone's different. It's like the entire cast but Andrew Scott is doing something different. And that feels kind of weird. And similarly, like a bunch of the people in this movie are incredibly naturalistic. There are a bunch of people who are the actual people in real life are in this movie, right? Which is cool. But then you just have Mark Ruffalo being an actor, and it feels really confusing. And more importantly, the guy who's going around going, hey, I'm talking like this and blah, 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 is definitely an actor, because it is very, very hammy. And uh, I don't it, yeah, like I, like, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to criticize it and say that there aren't people who speak like this, no. but it feels caricature It feels his, very caricature His performance is not naturalistic. 
even if his accent is meant to be. So yeah. like, is it, it, it Anyway, is. he's very angry. He His cows are dying. He wants Mark Ruffalo to come visit. Um, now, Mark Ruffalo, Mark, of course, Mark, Mark, Mark is like, my job is to defend these people, not yes, to it, sue so them. He were, he, yeah, his his legal company uh, works, uh, defends DuPont and, and is works with uh, They do not defend DuPont. DuPont is currently not a client. Um, oh, uh, so I missed is, that. But they, but they defend. They defend chemical companies people. in general. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Alexander, where is Mark Ruffalo supposed to be from in this movie? Because I believe he is supposed to be from the South. For example, he says to his wife Anne Hathaway in the next film uh, scene that he's going to go visit his grammar. He's going to go grammar, visit his yeah. grammar. But that is the only time he sounds Southern in the movie. He's just talking completely normal. He's like, oh, oh yeah, so I was down at the office today, and, and then later I'm going to go visit my grammar. And it just sounds really fucking weird. Anyway, um, so he I goes... So I believe yeah. they at some point mentioned that Mark Ruffalo growing up moved around ten times. Yeah, they do mention that. You are correct. So I think that's part of it. I guess. Uh, but I do that, think that, his, that's his a nice grandmother ad- is from, his grandmother, I believe, is from this town in West Virginia. That's going to be my excuse. Next time I do a shit accent in something, I'm going to say, well, it's actually the background of my character that I've just lived in a lot of places. So actually, this is a really realistic accent for someone who's lived in Ireland and also Northampton <laughs> and then also France. <laughs> um anyway so he goes down uh to his local town visits uh his, his grammar um and then he goes over to the um farm i should say we have met anne hathaway she plays a beleaguered housewife it's quite a common fucking uh character type in these sorts of movies um and and, and but we have but we haven't alexander but we haven't that's the issue anne hathaway was like 34 when she shot this well movie. no 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 she wasn't 34 how old is she now She's thirty-eight. Oh yeah, well yeah, no. Well, no here's at Jamie. Jamie, let me let me go. Let me let me take. Let me uh, yuck on your yum. All right. No, yeah. let me yum on your yuck. But her character at the beginning is probably thirty-four. Okay, is probably fine. But for most of the movie, she's most supposed to be older. She's and it, she's, this is thirty-five-year-old Anne Hathaway playing beleaguered housewife, and it it fucking infuriates me. Also, we learn later that also, she is also a lawyer, and it never fucking she never acts like a lawyer. At there's like one scene where she acts like a lawyer, yeah. and the rest of it, it's like, oh, she's just a beleaguered housewife who doesn't know what's going on. It's very annoying. Anyway, he goes to the farm. Um, the farm guy is like, oh yeah, by the way, I've had like nine hundred fucking cows die and he's like wow that's quite a lot of cows i guess there might be something going on here uh, and he explains yeah well uh, they've been poisoned in the water i know that that dupont they've got a they've got a factory down here i'm certain my brother died of cancer um etc uh and so mark ruffalo Jamie, is a little bit like what i would just like to say you were saying yes. she's too old to be a beleaguered housewife yes. the uh, mean age for a woman in canada to get married at is 26.7 Yes, I so, know, but that... All I'm so, saying so, is, Jamie, so, she's had 10 years to be a beleaguered housewife. And that's, 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 in, that's in 2021, all right? We're talking <laughs> about 1998 standards. She's been married since she was 13 years old, all right? The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. We shouldn't judge. Right. right. Sorry, uh, so he returns home uh, and he's at a, uh, a, a fundraising dinner for, for DuPont or something like that. So he goes he's up and he meets... A, yeah, it's like a Toastmakers club, I think. Yeah. But he, there he goes and he meets with... Uh, is this guy the CEO of DuPont? No. I don't... I he's... He's, the, he's like the, the, 
he let's call him the DuPont guy because he is the functional representative of DuPont that will come up quite a lot of times. Yes. Um, and he goes and, and he's having a nice conversation. The guy's like, oh, I heard you got partner. Congratulations. And he's like, yeah, by the way, I was visiting my grammar. And, uh, and you know, I was just helping him out. And, you know, his farmers, he's, he's a little bit worried. And he said that the EPA came around and they did, they did a study on this place. Um, have you got the results of that? And the guy's like... Oh, yeah, no, no, I, I do, yeah. I, I, that reminds me, I'll, I'll get those over to you. I want to say at this point, uh, I I don't hugely like the writing in most of this uh, film. Um, uh, I think the script's quite average, uh, despite the fact that I quite like the film. Uh, I really like this scene for no particular reason. It felt very realistic. It was, like, both characters, like, I guess probably because both of them were, as you say, sort of matching each other's level, but it felt very realistic. It felt like a normal conversation, um, and I quite liked it. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he gets the... Um, the EPA report, and he takes it to the farmer, uh, and the farmer says, well, it's horse shit. It's absolute horse shit. All my cows have been dying, and they've been saying there's nothing The report says he's a bad farmer, basically. Like, And yes. he's like, I'm a great farmer. Look at all my dead cows. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the flies? And he's like, it's snowing. Of course there are no flies. He's like, I'm not a bad farmer. Um, there's no proof he's not a bad farmer. No, I'm there's no proof he's not a bad farmer at all. But uh, then then the, the big inciting incident that changes Mark Ruffalo's life, a cow gets a little bit angry with him. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. This is this is the most ridiculous scene in any. Movie. No, no. I the would say it's the second most around. ridiculous it's got, scene. It's a mad cow, Jamie. It's, yeah, it's doing the bucking bronco, but it's covered in shoes. So it's a gross cow. Um, it's disgusting. And then it charges. And then we get the single greatest shot in all of cinema. Oh yeah. Of course, is the first person perspective cow shot as the cow chases down these people. But it's yep. like given a drug induced like haze to it. Yeah. Um. And then, and then, my man, fucking from the hip with his single shot rifle, just fucking cracks him off right in the head. My man's done this a few times. He's he's fucking experienced. Oh yeah, this man has killed cows before. <laughs> Alright. Um. So this makes Mark Ruffalo wants to go back. Um. And he says to his boss, played by uh, it's not Tim Robbins. Bill What's Pullman? his fucking name? Is that Bill Pullman? Maybe. The guy. The no, it's not Bill Pullman. It's the guy from the guy from Shawshank Redemption. Is that Bill Pullman? That's Tim Robbins. That's Tim Robbins. I was right. Um, he goes back to Tim Robbins, who is not his boss, boss, but one of the more senior partners, uh, as far yeah. as I can tell. Um, and he's like, I want to help this guy out. Look, it'll be a nice, quick one, in and out. I'm just gonna gonna get the um, gonna challenge them. There's clearly something going on here. Well, um, I gotta, I, can I stop yeah. for a second? Not only is it like, do I not really understand his motivation at this point, and or really any point in the film, but they are a corporate and they are a corporate law firm who do yep. corporate law for the sure the bad guys, right? Which is, yeah. and I I understand that that's sort of probably plays into the motivation that he doesn't like that fact. And he goes around and he says, "Hey, I want to help basically litigate." For these guys, I wanna, I wanna basically sue these people. Yeah, but it, it but it's gonna be a civil case. It's gonna be small. Sure. That's his point. He gets a, what kind of latitude is that? Like, it's not like I, I don't, I don't mean to. Be, I, maybe it's just I don't understand law firms. It is almost hundred percent that I don't understand law firms. But can you just go? I don't want to make any money for us. I just want to go do this thing for Havilland. Um. Yes, I I will agree. But the thing is, Alexander, this is a true story, and as far as I've sure. learned, it it sticks to the realities of the the story quite closely. But I also agree. I spent this entire movie being like, why has this man not been fired yet? Yeah. <laughs> like, why has this man not been fired? But hey, 
Good on the real-life law firm that did not fire this man. No, yeah, um, yeah, good on them. They come out semi decent other than the fact that they give him a couple of pay cuts, which, to be fair, if you're not making any money, kind of makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, so, uh, he's got he's looking through the EPA report, uh, and he finds uh, there's mm. a few weird things going on. There's a, a chemical <coughs> called, like, PCOS um, that he's not sure what it is. He can't find it's it when he Googles it. I think... There's it's OA now and then OS. It's OA now and OS later. You might be right. Uh, PCOA. Um, and uh, there's also this like industrial amount of gallon drums being ordered to this place. And he's just a little bit like, he gets his DuPont guy and he's like, hey, have you heard of these two things? Also, why are you guys getting like gallon drums for like a standard waste center? Like if it's not chemical waste that you're getting rid of, why are you got like medical grade gallon, like 50 gallon drums? And he's just like, I don't know, maybe they just had some fucking liquidation. Shut the fuck up, man. He's like, I don't know, maybe you should shut the fuck up. Fuck up. Right, maybe Um, you should... Hey, hey, you an expert in gallon drums? No, fuck off. Yeah. Um, So he, uh, I believe, then um, uh, ends up going to another one of these dinners. You know, lawyers. Um, And he's looking out for the DuPont guy because he wants to call him out. He he says, look, if, if, if... if these are fine, then just give me more information. I I want to I want yeah. I, I, I to ex- I think it's he wants to expand discovery. For anyone who's learned what who's watched uh, lawyer shit before, discovery is basically the all of the evidence that is submitted into and is is respected within a trial. And he's like, I want to expand it. I want to learn more. Look, if you don't have anything to hide, then fucking tell me. Uh, and uh, this is at a big dinner, and the Dupont man tells him to fuck off, and it doesn't look good for the firm. Jamie- it's this man should have been fired. Gone amok, all right? It is cancel culture <laughs> gone too far. Gus, calm down. All right? You're a dog. You're fine. Calm down. Uh, yeah, it's cancel culture gone amok. And I don't like it, Jamie, all right? You know, when just one white man... Can, keep talking about white men. When one person can go into a room... Why are we talking about race so much? When one person can go into a room and call out another person for the fact that maybe they're hiding the fact that they have some deadly chemicals. I just think that's gone too far, all right? You know? You know think about the consequences to this guy. Um, um, uh, so uh, he the guy tells him to fuck off, but eventually they do expand discovery. And oh boy, Alexander, do they expand discovery? Oh, we get a lovely yeah. we get a lovely shot of him sat in of Tim Robbins sat in a um in an office meeting. Meanwhile, just carts and carts of of large uh, folders and large boxes with Miller folders in them are going past. Uh, and then we get a shot of Mark Ruffalo just in a entire room surrounded by boxes of documents. Uh, and everyone basically says look they're just trying to make you give up they they no one could ever read this and he's like yeah you're probably right but um i apparently have the most secure job in the world so i'm just gonna do this and he gets started on reading it and he starts uh, sorting through all the documents and he's still thinking about this pcoa thing Ooh, yeah. um so he he's going through up. and he kind of begins to basically do the kind of lawyer thing of he maps them out chronologically right so he's yeah. going through he's finding times he's putting dates on them He's highlighting anything that includes PCOA. Yeah. And there's, there's ones that go all to... the way back as like 1950s and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And eventually he goes and he talks to a uh, chemical expert. He says, yep. hey, have you heard of PCOA? And the guy's like, I haven't heard of PCOA. I have heard of PCOS, which basically is a long, cha- a long chain carbon uh, bond. Yeah, um, we, 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 we get quite... A, quite for, for what is essentially the... 
Explain it to me in English there, Doc. Uh, essentially that trope. It's relatively naturally done of just Mark Gruffalo being like, hey man, chemistry was like not my best uh, thing in school. Uh, and the guy's like, okay, so we just take a carbon and we stick it to another carbon, stick it to another carbon, stick it to another carbon. And that means it just never goes away. That's the idea. It's something that it just, it and, and, and Mark Gruffalo just goes, what would happen if you drunk it? And the guy goes, fuck do you mean it's like asking me if you drunk a tire it's like no no but like just like hypothetically it was just like just for no reason at all it's like what would happen if you drunk it uh and he says well it would um uh, stain your teeth alexander we have forgotten the most insane thing about this farmer when what? mark ruffalo visits him earlier and he takes out like a cow's gallbladder oh, that he's got in his freezer wrapped up in tinfoil and like tumors and like and like the, the, the this hook. is why i mention it at this point uh the teeth the blackened teeth of one of his cows uh and when this man says that it would uh, darken the teeth um he goes oh that's that's interesting um, and we also learn, I believe, at this time, uh, because it's a carbon with a carbon with a carbon with a carbon, uh, it's also called C8. It's eight carbons in a row. C8 is another name for this chemical. Mm. Um, we then, we, this is why I bring up, no, because th- you say the most ridiculous scene was the cow scene. This is my favorite most ridiculous scene. Um, we, we cut back to the farmer. Uh, we've learned previously that uh, the, the town doesn't like him anymore. He reads a, a newspaper which is like a disgruntled farmer uh, sues town's biggest employer or something like that. So people don't like him. Uh, but he's back. He's out for dinner. He's coming back from dinner. And he comes back and, and he goes in and he checks his freezer oh, where he keeps all of his mangled animal parts. And he's like, if you touch my animal parts. And his wife's like, no, I didn't touch your fucking cow's gallbladder, you fucking weirdo. And he's like, oh my god, they've been here, they've been here, they're taking my cow's gallbladder. And then he runs out, he runs out of the house, and a helicopter flies past. Yeah, that's true. And I, I would like to say, I would like to say that I have looked into this, and these are... A, Confluence of offense. The, the helicopter did happen. That someone was hired to take photos of the farm. But that's not what they're saying here. What they're saying here is that someone from DuPont broke into this man's house, stole his cow's cool bladder, and escaped via helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and the image of that is just comically hilarious. Um. Anyway, I I was so dismayed, and he's just screaming, "Hey, get off my bomb! You got no helicopter. We don't have helicopters." <laughs> anyway, I did particularly enjoy that. Um. So, oh my god. Then, so so we then so can proceed to move through a couple of things. Um. I'm gonna like, elide some of these scenes because it's a lot of him looking through things and being like, yeah. oh, "Look, I found another thing." Eventually, what he finds is a load of uh, like newspaper clippings of Teflon pans, and suddenly yeah. he realizes he goes back home. His wife's asleep, uh, and his wife hears something happening downstairs. She comes downstairs. It's not a robber. <laughs> it's not someone coming to steal their Teflon pans. Don't worry. No. Right, Teflon's <laughs> not coming to steal from them. Uh, instead, it's uh, it, it is in fact uh, uh, not Mark Wahlberg, Mark Ruffalo, uh, taking out all these pans, and he explains to his wife in a lot of detail what happened and the story essentially is to boil it down uh during the manhattan project um you know a group of scientists invented a chemical 
called like I think it's like polycarbohydric fluoride or whatever it is. I don't know. Something that sounds dumb like that. Not dumb, scientific like that. Um, which they put on tanks and it made the tanks waterproof. Fantastic, yeah. they said. But later on, companies started thinking, well, why don't we just use this on other things? That's a pretty good, you know, it's a coating which makes things waterproof. Brilliant. You know, what else can we use it on? So uh, DuPont starts using it on pans and pretty much everything. Specifically Each- Teflon pans. Have people yeah. heard of Teflon? Because I had, and I did not know any of this. And I frantically was Googling afterwards. It's fucking Teflon. Yeah. Is, is non-stick pans still fucking killing people? Um, don't worry. If, if you have bought anything that's non-stick since, oh, around about 2010, uh, you're probably fine. If you have a pan that's more well, than 10 this, years old, well, if I, you have a pan that's I, more than 10 years old, you might want to yeah, fucking I've also, Jamie, I've also got to throw out that there's some other bad news in this, in this conversation they have. But they yes. kind of talk about how after a year on the line, they started noticing people got really sick. So they laced cigarettes with yes. the C8 thing and yes. then gave it to the people to smoke and then they all got cancer. Yeah. Uh, it, Dear listeners, uh, all of this is a true story and the the truth of it is utterly absurd and therefore we will be occasionally <laughs> laughing at it and yeah, the no, sheer absurdity of it. Her- but it is horrific. also extremely horrific and tragic. But oh my God, they fucking laced cigarettes with a chemical and were just like, hey guys, smoke these boys, get them up oh, in oh. you. And then they all fucking died and they were like, wow, that was bad. Better keep oh. making these Teflon pans, baby. But, to, to Teflon makes us too they, much money. So they decided to take off women who were pregnant from the production line uh, and a woman gave birth and she gave birth to a son called Bucky who I believe was born without a nostril and he kind of... Um, uh, yeah, he has he has one nostril and then a, a deformed eye, I believe. Sure. Um, and she went to the... She went to DuPont and she said, hey, is this why you took me off the line? Because there's something dangerous with, a, with Teflon. And so and they, like, <laughs> they reacted by being nah. like, let's put all the pregnant women back on the line because otherwise it looks suspicious. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that DuPont are... Like it, it's everything about this story is so wild that you're like, genuinely, if this wasn't a true story, I'd be like, nah, what? They put the pregnant women back on the fucking line. What are you? T- they laced the cigarettes with poison and gave them to like three employees only. What are you talking about? Um, um, but yeah, so, so this he, was all happening back in the fifties time. So they, Dupont, they, have known about this for ages. Sure, and they've effectively been studying it since the fifties onwards, right? So the company has known that it's massively uh, dangerous. And then I guess the background to this, which we didn't mention at any point, the rest of the film, is that effectively what the situation is in terms of the EPA, so the Environmental Protection Agency. The EPA comes in in the seventies and eighty, uh, like seventy eight, and what it basically says, what they did is they kind of. Anything which was known to be hazardous, or which a company declared to be hazardous, they labelled as a hazardous material, and so and therefore it would be regulated. Sure, but, but everything if the else company... was grandfathered in. So if a company yes. didn't say they were making a hazardous material, then it, there's no rules about it, and it's self-regulated rather than regulated by the yes. government. Yes. So if Dupont don't tell them that C8 is hazardous, then it, according to the EPA, is not hazardous. Now you might question uh, the ethics behind that, and uh, that's sort of the point of the entire movie. Uh, self-regulation is bad, um, but uh, self-regulation yeah, th- is fine, Jamie. If it's like your local cricket club, all right? <laughs> it's fine if it's no, no. My local rules. cricket club need a governing body, Alexander. Um, but I believe it is also at this time that we learn that at some point, 
uh, DuPont needed to, the, what the 50 gallons of uh, uh, fucking 50 gallon uh, uh, barrels were for were to take a bunch of this fucking toxic sludge and then bury it in this farmer's garden. Uh, his brother, who had passed away, uh, from, needed to from sell... From the chemicals. From the chemicals. He died from the chemicals. Um... Uh, he needed money because uh, he had cancer from the chemicals. Yes, so, so he like, needed we so buy he, your yeah, land. So he, exactly, sold the land, and then this toxic sludge was leaping leaking into the the creek and whatever. Um, but I believe it is also at this time that he learns that he's actually it's infecting the whole town. Uh, this this toxic sludge is is affecting all of the people Jamie, in this town. We didn't mention it, but when he first came to uh, this town in West Virginia, we did see a child with terrifying teeth that made this movie look like it's going to be a horror movie. Like he drove <laughs> past this car, uh, this kid like waved from her bicycle, but her teeth were dark like the cows. Yeah, and it, it, like it's it's ridiculous because of like I maintain the film overegs everything a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, so so, base- so he ends up taking them uh, to a class action, a, a class action court. lawsuit. Um, the there guy, is, oh, I believe, I think actually he originally goes to the the farmer again, and he says, "Hey, so like your best shot is just to sue these guys. We got enough so, stuff to sue them. Evidence, and you'll the get, you'll like, get a payout. I don't want to shoot them. I want them to go to jail because he has cancer now too. Yes. Um, oh yeah. He's yeah. My my man's been slowly dying in this movie. It's been very clear. Um. Uh. But yeah. So uh, there is there is a very weird uh point in this movie. So he he decides to take them to um. He ends up taking them to Washington. Uh, because it's it's specifically a lawsuit that's going to be tried in the Senate or whatever um, to to no, discuss no, no. these. So, he go- so basically, he after suing them with his first client, yeah. What he does is he goes to so he does oh. I believe successfully sue the guy. He then whistleblows to the Senate. Yes, he whistleblows to the Senate. You are correct. You are correct. So he get the, after the suing, he gives all his evidence over to the Senate, uh, and then um, Dupont tried to block him from flying to Washington. Around this point, uh, Tim Robbins, who, again, this this is around about two to three years, I think, in now, uh, maybe slightly yeah, longer. Like um uh so this man again has not been doing any work for his actual company earning them any money for two to three years um he sends he whistleblows sends all these documents uh to to the government and then is trying to fly out to washington to testify against dupont one of the companies that his law firm want to work for and tim robbins says the word to to him if you ever do anything like this again you're fired and what does he mean if you ever spend three years defending a farmer again and then whistleblow to the government and then fly out to washington oh boy at that point you you better fucking watch out if you ever do that thing again you're in trouble but, this also, is a very like, specific look, set of circumstances i again have to ask how is this taking up so much of his time that he can't work a couple of other clients you know what i mean like what like man needs to learn to pro- not prioritize like i obviously this is very, sorry obviously what he's doing is incredibly important but you know you don't want to get fired so like do a little bit of other work yeah. Um, um, so we then we then get another one of my favourite scenes. Again, I like this movie, but there's a lot of things that I, I want to make fun of about it. Um, so we get a scene of two people um, uh, in this town getting a letter. So having gone through um, the uh, the testifying at Congress and whatever, um, there is a resolution to that, and members of this town receive a letter saying, um, so given recent regulation changes... Uh, DuPont has uh, recognized that there's these certain chemicals in this water um, and it's been poisoning the water. But DuPont has decided uh, that this amount is safe. 
Now, very importantly, this man reads this letter and goes, what the hell does that mean? Then we cut to a year later. Mark Ruffalo goes to this man's house and they lay out. They're like, oh, do. And, and Mark Ruffalo goes, oh, yeah, no, we think DuPont's been poisoning the water. Uh, and, and the man goes, oh, that, yeah, that makes sense. You know, my, my cousin who works for DuPont, she got cancer. Uh, and all my friends who worked at DuPont, they got cancer. And then my auntie Muffin, she drank water once and she died. Um, my and auntie then, Muffin. My auntie Muffin. You know these these people, folk, these, they got auntie Muffins. And she drank water once and she died. Uh, and my friend got pregnant and her, her baby was, was deformed. And, yeah, no, this seems to make sense. By at which point, I would like to question why this man read the letter a year ago where it said there are chemicals in DuPont's water and DuPont is poisoning your water. And he went, what the hell does that mean? When we immediately get what he gets one more piece of information and he goes, oh, yeah, you mean you mean how all my family that has ever touched DuPont in any way is dying or dead? Huh? What a coincidence. Better move on. This really annoyed me. Um, Anyway, so so the, the key point to, of this, yeah. the, the key point of this is he goes. Uh, Mark Ruffalo goes back to his um, uh, to his partners, Boyfriend, uh, yeah. one of which includes now William Jackson Harper. We see him earlier in the film when he was like a young hotshot lawyer, and he's now the newest uh, member of the board. Um, and basically, he lays out that Dupont actually were using a legal loophole here. If anyone wanted to challenge uh, the the poisoning of the water, that let they would have one year upon being notified about it being hazardous. Now, having sent that letter where they said that it is safe, what they're actually doing is notifying them that there is a potential hazard in their water and therefore starting a clock. And it is now... 11 months and two weeks later, and Mark Ruffalo wants to sue DuPont um, and take a full class action lawsuit against the entire company Ah. uh, on behalf of the entire town. Because, especially because there is a uh, thing recently been passed uh, in West Virginia called medical monitoring. That is, if you are found to have, if you're a company and you're found to expose a community or a person to a deadly chemical, you have a responsibility to medically monitor them for the rest of their life. Yeah. And presume provide healthcare also for them. Yeah. So that's you know that's the situation. Yeah. Everyone's uh, like, but we we fought to yes. oppose uh, those laws. Yes. And he's like, I'm yeah, very but you failed. So it's the law now. Like, yes. deal with it. So we so we have to defend our clients. Um. And and William Jackson Harper specifically says, ah, maybe speaking out of turn is the youngest part. He does not speak like this. He's nowhere near this southern. <laughs> hey, but I'm gi- I'm giving him this accent anyway. Uh, ah, maybe speaking out of turn is the youngest partner on this here board. But how dare you, dear sir, you. What if you get your mind changed by this farmer man? And I want to say that William Jackson Harper, as the youngest man on this board of partners where everyone else is an octogenarian, would have been told to shut the fuck up within about four seconds of speaking. It is ridiculous that he gets to go on a two-minute tirade against Mark Ruffalo. Jamie, Jamie, he of course goes, now I must be a small country lawyer. But of course, (laughs) I look at this and I say, you haven't been billing for another, like, three years now. uh, a business, my good sir. Uh, but yeah, Tim so Robbins like, goes. Tim Robbins goes. We are yes. not a business. You come here, you say we are business. We are not a business. We are a law firm. This is why people hate lawyers. Yep. Um, and he has, has his little America. He has his little oh, America should be better than this. So we yeah. should want to, d- we to keep sue saying you. That corporations are people. Well, these are bad people. So we're going <laughs> to take them to court. Which is just not like, okay, I, I don't like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't completely buy it. 
I, like the, I, I, I dislike this scene. Um, but yeah, so the 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 key point of um, Mark Ruffalo's thing is that even though it is not regulated, uh, Dupont's own internal um, uh, yeah. rules say that one part per billion uh, is is an is unsafe. Any more than one part per billion is unsafe, and this has been measured to have five times that amount uh, of C8 in the water. So even if it's not regulated, within their own internal rules, they have broken their own self-regulation. Yeah. So cool. he takes so them to court. Take them, uh, we meet court. a completely new lawyer who I so don't know who he is, but he's I, Southern. I believe that because he is... I believe um, that Mark Ruffalo is not, has not passed the bar in Washington and therefore needs... No, Washington in uh, West Virginia. And so they need a West Virginia lawyer in order yeah. to uh, be able to sue at the bar. He kind of does. I like. I, just, I like this scene quite a bit because they I do like this the... scene. I wish we'd met this character before. I wish. Sure. I wish oh, there we was do, some. We do sex... Very briefly. They, yeah. They sh- but they I wish show... there was some development of this character. Yeah, yeah. My main issue is there's very little development of any character any outside character. of Mark Ruffalo. Sure. Um, I don't think even there's a lot of development for Mark Ruffalo. There's plot, but there's not development. That's um, fair. I, so he kind of goes, and they the the lawyer from the other side begins to give a speech about Teflon. The, and I like this because I think this is probably closer to an actual court thing. But the judge is like, "Yeah, keep, this is nonsensical." Like, yeah, the, the, you just, we're you not just, advertising Teflon here. Yeah, like, yeah, come on. We are. We, are, like, we are okay, in the court of law. He goes, "We think that we should have the government regulate it, not us." And the, we, recently, we've just you know the government just passed a law that has uh, formed a group advising on this, and they say. 150 parts per, parts per billion, billion. Uh, is 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 safe uh, and then uh, they get a woman from the council uh, and the the charming southern lawyer starts to cross-examine her just being like so uh, on this cabal of uh, people you had on your so-called council and yeah. of course the judge goes watch yourself counselor and he's like I'm sorry yeah. miss I'm just a simple southern lawyer so on your scientific council were uh, DuPont uh, part of that and she goes uh, well yes they were they were one of the people we spoke to and do you not think it weird madam that uh dupont on the day before they are being sued for exactly what you are regulating for it is weird that they are being uh part of this here council uh that decides that suddenly what they did is legal and she's like uh-huh. i'm just a simple council lady what are you talking about um uh, also we should say that mark ruffalo meets uh, the farmer man uh, the farmer man is now uh, in a wheelchair because he is slowly dying uh, because he has been uh, progressively well, poisoned. So um, um, we so get a weird little scene where Ma- we, we do get a weird little scene where sure. Mark Ruffalo thinks that uh, Dupont has stuck a bomb in his car. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake! <This laughs> so we get a stress about him turning on, but it's more about his paranoia and stress. That's actually this is partially telling the story of uh, uh, of the whole Dupont fiasco, uh, but it is also kind of just a character study of here's how a man fucking destroyed himself over 25 years uh, sure. fighting one fucking legal case. So so they then proceed to go to mediation with Dupont. Dupont agrees uh, to pay out I think it's like seventy million to the victim's uh, family, with which as um, uh, as Mark Ruffalo says is only three days of Teflon sales. Yeah, um, um, we, you did. There was I don't know what it was, but he was presenting someone, evidence to someone from Dupont, and I quite liked that oh, scene uh, of just sure, being I, like you knew about at this date and so 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 by your own by these inter- does this yeah. look like a dupont document yeah it looks like a dupont document and does this dupont document say that uh, you like fucking poisoned everyone uh yeah i guess it does say that um and so as you say that's that's where they get their evidence from uh, and it's 70 million uh but, but there is on the medical uh monitoring uh, a independent council is to be set up mm. uh, and if 
uh, if and only if direct correlation can be proven between uh, members of this community and specific diseases, then they will medically monitor specifically only for those diseases. Uh, if that does not happen, if it is not proven, uh, then then they'll get nothing. They're, sure. They'll, they'll uh, get their also, 70 I million. The, I believe the payout in that connected situation is like 233 million, right? Yeah, so... uh, and also if there is any connection, then they each individual that contracts that disease can sue DuPont. Uh, yeah. That's also very important. Um, sure. so, so basically they, they turn and they're like, well, we, you know, it's fucking scientific counsel. It's so difficult to prove. How are we going to get enough data? Gonna... And he's yeah. like, well, we have $70 million, baby, and we're not going to give it to them unless they give us their blood, which I'm fairly sure is illegal. Um, no, that's, that's, I, I'm, I, I feel that's, my guess is there's probably something in the fine print saying if you just want to come and ask for it, he was going to come and ask for it. Probably, but, yeah. um, but so they they set up a bunch of um, blood sample uh, things uh, and say everyone who comes down will get four hundred dollars, um, which does raise a question of what happens. What happens if not everyone comes down and they've got like money left over because they've clearly divided it by the population of the town, the seventy million. It's four hundred dollars each. What if someone doesn't claim that? Where does that money go? Anyway, right, my, 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 in my guess is it probably goes back to the ponds. Yeah. Um, and so Mark Ravelo uh, rocks up to one of these uh, places. He's expecting um, not many people to be there um, uh, because of medical skepticism and the fact mm. that many people work for DuPont in this town. Uh, but loads of people are there and he's very, very happy. It's, it's one of the more, more heartwarming, I guess, sure. moments, uh, despite the fact all these people uh, have probably been poisoned. Um, yeah. And there's we there's see. a lady there who's like, I brought down my husband, my sister, my three kids. We're all getting it. But you're not gonna find nothing in my blood. Dupont's is good people. <laughs> I was like, that's a fucking weird sentence. This is um, a weird, yeah, odd scene. Um, it's then Christmas. Uh, we then have a scene where um, someone calls him up uh, at uh, well, he's having some eggnog and says, "Hey, we got sixty-nine thousand uh, people." Um, someone yeah, so got sixty-nine thousand. They're about to get seventy thousand, and they were like, "Guys, like, no, 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 stop, stop it, you stop there. it." Um, but specifically, it is uh, the largest amount of data ever collected for whatever this kind of study is sure. um uh, so he's really happy uh, and then we cut to uh a year later uh the farmer has unfortunately passed away um so he's at the um Wendy's. funeral for that uh, he's then getting a dinner in town uh, and uh, people aren't happy with him they're like where the fuck you you know you gave me my money but like where the fuck's the data baby where's the data give me them numbers mm. um or everyone is fucking dying in this town man look, i've got myself a sql server management studio set up you better give me that database so i can look at that database mm, i'm gonna make some real good spreadsheets off this uh, and of course he's like they're at Arby's and he's like sir this is an Arby's and they yeah. <laughs> um, um, we get uh, uh, a little scene of him fighting with Anne Hathaway because she's like uh, hey you've been fucking doing this for 15 fucking years my guy like this sucks I've been doing everything again at no point is she treated like she's a fucking lawyer which she is she's a lawyer who had stopped lawyering in order to look after the kids but all we get from her is beleaguered housewife archetype. And also, not me. to not to like be rude, right? But they're really not making that much money. She's a trained lawyer. She should probably go back to law. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, you know, you're 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 trained in a profession which makes a shit ton of money, right? Like, yeah. 
or, or not a shit ton of money. You're training a profession in which like the base salary is much better than the base salary in most industries. No matter what, uh, my least favorite thing in the world is people being like, oh, don't become a lawyer. They just don't make much money. And I'm like, they make a lot more than the average person makes. Yes. Like they also work way too many hours and are probably abused by uh, labor laws that should be more more sure. strict. Guys, Doesn't mean they're not earning a fuckload no, of money. That's why they all like, retire when they're no, 45. No, no. Exactly, right? Guys, this is important. Alice pro-unionization, all right? You want to unionize? I don't care if you're a bunch of lawyers. Unionize. That's fine, all right? Unionization is good, especially if you're young, all right? Uh, especially it's for it's like uh, there, was a, there was a story last year and I can't remember which big bank it was. Morgan Stanley or something like that. Uh, and there was a story that came out that junior bankers at Morgan Stanley were lobbying to have their work weeks capped at 100 hours. Jesus they were like, Christ. please, please just make us only work 100 yeah. hours. Let that be the maximum but we can work. What I, what I love is that the, the solution they came out is like, what if we pay you more? And everyone was like, no, but that's not the problem. Like, it's not that we're not making enough money. It's that I'm, di- I'm, I'm dying. I'm dying. Like, I'm dying. I'm dying. We're taking please a lot po- of fucking Just poison me work. instead. I, I beg you. I don't know if I can take this much out DuPont daddy just pour that sludge down my throat I would prefer it Um, Mm -hmm. anyway there's been a little thing of um, uh, Mark Ruffalo's been getting a little bit of a tremor um, as as the movie's been going on, he's back in Tim Robbins's uh, office, and we get the first scene where anyone is just like, "Hey, Who's dude, that? you've not had any, you've not been doing no any money. work. You have no clients. You've been getting us no money. You're a partner for this firm." Um, and he says, "You're gonna have to take another pay cut. Like, you can keep doing this for another couple of years because I'm the nicest person that ever fucking existed." Well, um, so the conversation specifically, there's a couple bits of information here, which are good, which basically is. It, they allude to the fact that there was a Department of Justice case being brought against yep. it, but the Department of Justice decided to drop it. Because he goes, well, you can go make some money now because the Department of Justice have it, right? We can, we don't have to do any more. They have it. That of our hands. Fine. Cool. No, apparently not. Um, he then proceeds to go to... Uh, he's then like, okay, it's also going to be his fourth pay cut. Yes, which his is, fourth pay cut. Which is brutal. And, At and, that point, and, maybe... And consider- yeah, that's that's a a lot of pay cuts, and also it's over fifteen years where you know normally you appreciate, you normally like gain money. So it's not only his fourth pay cut; it's his fourth pay cut from what he was earning fifteen years ago. Well, here's, here's my thing: I don't know if he was getting pay rises for a while. I, I imagine not because he may not make any money. I want to throw it out here: it's at this point. Mark Ruffalo is in the wrong business. He should just work for the state. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be a dick. But, like, why does he not work for the Department of Justice? Why again, does he not work again, for, as local Alexander, DA or something? Alexander, it makes this no is a sense. real... I, I understand. I understand. It's real life. And, it's real and, life. And, it's real life. And, yeah, many of my issues are going to be related to the difference between real telling a, a real story and making a movie. Um, and those are different things. Um, but this is a real man and this is a real thing he did. And he did a very good thing. No, I know. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, look, what I, sorry, what I, here's my thing. I'm not criticizing him. I am criticizing the other characters in the movie why no one ever suggests these things. Yes, probably. Why does, um, no one pushes back really against so him ever. Having, having had his fourth, has yeah. Yeah, having had his fourth pay cut and, and <laughs> been working on the same case for 15 years, uh, he has a, he doesn't have a stroke, Alexander. He has a not stroke. The doctor very stroke. specifically says it's not a stroke. It just looks exactly like a stroke you, and presents itself like a stroke and happens to people under situations where they would normally have strokes. But it's not a stroke. It's like a fake stroke. Um, but so um, Anne Hathaway and Tim Robbins are in the uh, hospital hallway. And I get, there's a line I hate in this scene very because... Um, 
she says to him uh, something along the lines of stop making him feel like he's a bad person um, or making him feel like he's failed. Yeah, stop making him feel like he's a failure. Um, and he starts to say like, look, I know this has been a very stressful time for your family. And she just snaps back and goes, don't treat me like I'm the housewife. And I'm like, but movie, that's what you've been treating her like. You don't get to do this. You don't get to be like, oh, she's actually big lawyer woman who can speak her mind. No, you've been treating her like a housewife movie. You don't get to have this moment. Um, but yeah. anyway, she also, goes like... housewives are allowed to like state opinions. Well, I mean, it's no, no. Yes, Jamie, that, that's Jamie also is, true. Jamie's sitting here saying, nope, housewives aren't allowed to say anything. That's right. That's to be no, that's not what I'm her. saying. That's what the movie is saying. Um, um, but yeah, so she basically goes, look, uh, a man came into his office 15 years ago and needed help uh, and he helped him and he's now helping a community and he's fighting against justice. That's not a failure. Um, and then she walks into her dying husband. Um, and so we, uh, we are, yeah, we're pretty near the end now. It's a couple years later. Um, and Mark Ruffalo gets a call uh, from a science lady uh, who's like, oh, goodness, sir, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. There was so much data to go through. And he's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, like oh, well, you know, and uh, like, like he wouldn't fucking know what she's talking about. And but, but he but very also, specifically says, he should have been yeah. working on something else in the meantime, right? Like, yeah, he's just been waiting for this data to turn up. He should have been again, not criticizing the actual dude. I'm sure he did something useful, but shouldn't yes. he have done um, something else while waiting? But he also says specifically on the phone, oh, are you from the science council? I feel like there's probably a more specific one. No, there. Jamie, there is one science council in the world. It's the General <laughs> Council of Science and they um, declare all things science. But yeah, science. She, she's basically being really apologetic. Again, it's been like five fucking years to take to do this and she's like, oh goodness, I'm so sorry. And then he's like, can you just fucking tell me? And she's like, uh, it's irrefutable. We've connected it to six different diseases. Um, <laughs> it's like fucking uh, colitis liver cancer brain cancer fucking bronchitis it's a whole fuck loads of them um and <laughs> till is that you're you're missing the lovely visual of alexander's dog barking and him sticking his hand out just to be like not now not now dear gus you must be quiet um uh, uh so yeah they, they've linked to six diseases so it's irrefutable proof they've also got like uh 130 people or something who have already got these diseases in this community uh, and he says very well done so um, it's, I, I actually, I really like how they deal with, um, with this because we just get a montage of him going home and him hugging his wife and crying. And it's, it's treated with the bittersweetness that this moment actually is. This is his life's success. He has succeeded. He has done what he came to do, but that success means that hundreds and hundreds of people are going to die and it's treated with a very nice bit of sweetness um he's out at dinner um and uh, he suddenly gets a text and he storms outside and hannah hathaway comes out and it's like what the fuck's going on and he's just like they're not going to honor the agreement they're just going to fucking tear it up dupont they're going to they're going to ignore everything they're going to make us fight every case they want me to give up. And then Anne Hathaway is like, that doesn't mean that you've lost. Like, you you still won. And he's like, no, that's exactly what it means. It means I've fucking lost. They, they, they're trying to crush me. They're trying to go, look, the corporations, they're too big. Um, and, and they win every single time. We cut to black. We get a little, a few shots of some rivers uh, across various dark parts waters, of, no, uh, Jamie, of the Midwest. Rivers, dark waters. We get some shots of dark, dark waters. waters. All right. Um, and then we go to a court case. Uh, and uh, there's a judge, and he says, uh, "Oh God, we got a 
1,389 of these. So I guess I'll see you all in 2052. Uh, right, I'll, I'll rise uh, and uh, for the defense um, or for the prosecutor. I don't know, for each other side. Um, and and uh, Mark Ruffalo stands up and the judge is like, still here? And he's like, yep, still here. And then we cut to, what are we going to get now, Alexander? It's a true story. Of course, oh, we're going to get text over the screen telling yeah. us all your of movie, the lovely things Your movie things wasn't satisfying enough by itself. We need to explain to you things which happen afterwards. Um, um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it says in the first of these cases, uh, Rob won uh, like $1.6 million. In the second case, he won $3 million. In the third case... Uh, he won like twelve million dollars, and then eventually, and for... uh, eventually, yeah, Dupont settled for like a huge payout for every single person. Six hundred and fifty million, or whatever. It was. Yeah, like an insane amount. Um, and then it's like, and more than twenty years after uh, Wilbur walked in his door, Rob Billet is still fighting. Oh, we uh, we've completely skipped over one scene, which actually is now brought up. Uh, they, they a few of the people who are actually victims of this oh, yeah. uh, appear in the movie. So one of them is Bucky, the uh, the baby that you mentioned. Uh, that was, was one of the first babies born, born with the facial deformity. He runs into Bucky, uh, the real Bucky. Uh, at a um, gas station, which is nice that he gets to feature in the movie. We also have the two um, uh, the two uh, people who received the letter, the two old people who received the letter from the town. Uh, they appear in the movie at one point, and my God, the casting of those two people was insane. They look yeah. exactly the fucking same. Uh, and then also the farmer's brother uh, appears at one point in this movie. Although... He appears specifically in the diner scene where everyone in the diner is looking at the farmer hating him. So they cast this man to be someone who is angry at his own dead brother, which yeah. is a little bit weird. Um, but anyway, that is the end of the movie. Now, Alexander, I'm getting the impression that you did not like this movie. Uh, before we get into that, Alexander, of course, uh, I forget we must do our anagrams. Uh, yeah. wherein we tried to summarize uh, this movie uh, mm. by using its plot, uh, by using its title and making sure. an anagram to describe its plot. Um, this, uh, this, of course, uh, where, where would you find uh, dark, uh, sludge-infested waters? Uh, well, that would be in the sewers, Alexander. And if you were to be in the sewers, what might you see? Ew, rats! So that's, what, that's mine. Ew, rats. Nice. Uh, you know, when they're kind of questioning, like, hey, what's causing this? You might think that it's rad waste. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. I should have thought um, there. Um, so I'm getting the impression that you did not like this movie. I have quite a few issues with this movie, but those issues are based on the fact that I liked it quite a lot, but wish it was better. So I'm I'm interested because I think the things we dislike about this movie are probably going to be quite similar. Uh, so what, what, g- give me give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts. What, what, what's 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 going around in that noodle brain? Here's my thing. I don't... I, I, we talk about this often on the podcast. I think often... No, we don't talk about this often. We talk about this sometimes. Often I am more disappointed with stuff which could have been better. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. I will sound more angry with something which was okay, but I think could have been really good. Yep, than I, I, am with I agree. I, I, th- I, think, I think there is something that could have been a lot better in this. Yeah. Um, I also want to say... Uh, that it is very much known on this podcast uh, that I really like Aaron Sorkin movies and and that may become clear in some of the things sure. that I would have liked to appear in this movie. Well, sure, but, like, but here's my thing, right? So there's... there's uh, you're doing contemporary American drama slash, you know, this is, this is definitely drama, right? So 
And there are different ways to do it. You can do it the Aaron Sorkin way. You can have it be more walkie-talkie, more like less, you know, all that kind of facts, all that kind of stuff. You can also do it in, um, for example, like the, the, there are two movies which this movie is sort of a mashup of. Um, or it's it's should ought to look to, but it's less good than both. One of which is uh, obviously Aaron Brockovich, uh, which is a really good movie. Jamie, you you would like Aaron Brockovich. It's a funny okay. film. Um, it's it's funny. It's sad. It's almost the exact same plot, except the kind of idea is she's a paralegal and uh, working for. In the kind of craziest story, uh, the guy who is the husband of a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Um, but turns out to be a terrible, terrible scumbag in real life. But um, she's working for him, and she kind of finds out that, like, this company is poisoning the water in a town. So literally almost the exact same plot, yeah. but she's a paralegal, and it's about her struggle to be taken seriously as a woman, uh, as Julia Roberts, right? Like, as a single mom and as a paralegal, and never becoming a lawyer. So sure. That's a really, really good movie. That won the Academy Awards uh, for Best Picture. Uh, Spotlight, this is much... To- that one is a bit more, like... It's not a, a comedy per se, but like Aaron Brockovich is really brash and it's a drama, but it's a yeah, it's humorous in parts. This in tone is much similar to something like Spotlight, which is about investigative work, and Spotlight yeah. is maybe my favorite movie about uh, about journalism and about the importance of journalism. And what it does is it kind of sets up the beginning and it says, "Hey, uh, you know, here's one guy who's been abused. Uh, sorry, here's one priest, right, who's been abused." And a new editor-in-chief comes in town, and he says to this one team who do investigative journalism, why don't you take a look into it? And it follows the investigation over its course, and over the course of the movie, there are these revelations, and you feel like work is put in to get these revelations, and it continues throughout the movie, and at the end, the question is like, how do we get the guys? And they get the guys. Great. The structure of this movie, conversely, is at the beginning, someone says, hey, someone's poisoning the water. Cool. So he sues... We don't know why he does it. Like we don't. We don't know. Like other than just a, a need to do good, what having worked for a company which has done bad, we never really have a, him talk ever about why he's motivated about this or about um, any of his feelings or any any interest of his in the case. Other than just you assume because it's never discussed, but more righteousness, right? At yeah. the end, he talks. He talks a little bit about it in that final scene with Anna Hathaway, where he's like. We're self-regulated, so we, you know someone's got to do it. Um, but instead, for me, it feels like all the revelations come really heavy, stacked at the beginning to the middle of the film. Yeah, that's which fair. means the last half of the movie is just him waiting for the results. Well, that, that's why I say that. Act- that that's why I say I think this movie is actually wanting to focus on it's the journey of Mark Ruffalo. It's it's the journey of sure. a lawyer and how he struggles. That's why. But, that's why arguably the dramatic height uh or or like the the transition from end of second act to third act is uh muckroft getting having a stroke so it's focusing on and i agree it's not as good at doing that uh yeah that's my thing i think it's bad at doing that i i honestly feel like i never because of that there's a in again in in the tone it shares the spotlight there is it leaves a lot of stuff with its characters uh internal um, which which works really well to Spotlight's advantage because some people want to have conversations. But this guy never wants to have a conversation about this with anyone. He has no, no friends. He doesn't talk to his wife about anything other than the facts of the problem he's trying to solve. 
He never had, yeah. like, he has one conversation with her and he doesn't say anything. She does the entire speech. He basically yeah. says nothing in the entire movie that is not solely related to the litigation in this case. And I don't know if it's because they wanted to, the guy's a quiet guy and all that kind of stuff. But I never see, I never got a sense of what, of what drove him, of the turmoil in him. And instead, like, there's a scene where he's like, is someone going to blow up my car? And I'm like, no one's going to blow up your fucking car. Like, I, I never felt there's any tension there. There was never, there was, for me, there was no serious tension in this film. I like bits of it. I like my Ruffalo in it. I think I think Mark Ruffalo's really good in this. I sure. I really like, and I think that's where my engagement with that character's journey. I agree with you because I don't think the script's that good. I yeah. I think the script's quite average, mm. and that's kind of where um, my my sort of Aaron Sorkin Gross, yeah. love is. I I really it never really like the the Tim Robbins having his shouting. We're Americans, and we should want to fight oh, it. God. Ne- never really I think they're trying to keep it relatively understated throughout bec- and let the facts speak for themselves uh, and I'll sort of talk about why I don't like that as well but it never really hits those big punchy courtroom drama uh, dramatic moments it tries to with that Tim Robbins moment and with Anne Hathaway's uh, Don't Treat Me Like a Housewife despite the fact that maybe treats her like a housewife um, moment so it never reaches the heights of dramatic tension that I would like but I think Mark Ruffalo is very very good and so I engage with that character's journey through him and through his sure. performance what I, what I would say is this I this kind of movie is wrong for an Aaron Sorkin thing so for, I know I know we disagreed on this you quite like the trial of Chicago 7 I hated the trial of Chicago 7 oh. for me that's for me that was so because and, and you know I like Sorkin right like yeah I I maintain that like the trial of the Chicago 7 for me dramatizes the wrong characters and lots of bits of it i was really annoyed that like uh, it's not bobby sands bobby sands is the ira um the uh, black panther in it i feel got no characterization whatsoever yeah yeah that's fair um and like that for me is the interesting so the, the the more interesting version of the trial of chicago 7 for me is juice and the black messiah which i think is a really really good film because it's dramatically it's more dramatically engaging whereas this to me feels like a, a bit more of sorkin at his now it was a bit more of sorkin at his stagiest and I also yeah. did not like. I didn't think Sacha Baron Cohen's performance was particularly. I didn't think he deserved the Oscar nomination that he no. got. No, we'll agree with that. He did fine, um, but he just did like Sacha Baron Cohen. I thought Borat that year was better than Sacha Baron Cohen. No, no, that that, that, that was a weird but, Oscar nomination. But what I mean is like, he Sorkin is a very very good screenwriter. I overwhelmingly prefer him as a screenwriter to a director. Um, I think yeah, he's a much true. better writer than he is a director. And I think in the hands of someone like Sorkin, whose instincts are almost opposite to uh, Sorkin, uh, I, sorry, in the hands of like um, Fincher, yeah. whose, whose instincts are not necessarily aligned with the instincts of Sorkin, I think something really good comes out of that. This is yeah, more I agree like, with that. He's, he's better as a screenwriter than a director. Sure. But, but, what I mean but is also, like, this isn't an Aaron Sorkin no, podcast. No, no, sure. But what I mean to say is, this is a very naturalistic film. Yeah. Except I don't feel everyone's always giving like I don't think Anne Hathaway's particularly giving a naturalistic performance. Um, no, having seen her a, in yeah. Rachel Getting Married, which is the most naturalistic film, one of the most naturalistic films, right? Rachel Getting Married is incredibly naturalistic. It's yeah. all naturalism, and Jonathan Dem is a much better director of that than the, the director of this. Directed Carol, right? So he can make good stuff. This just for me was not cohesive. In a way which I, I, you know, it's it has parts I like. I, I really like Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is giving a very, very good performance. Yeah. So my criticism of the character is not him. A it's the script yeah. and the direction. And I like Anne Hathaway's performance in this. I think it's a little bit out of cue with some of the other stuff. I don't love all the Virginia actors. 
Well, um, I, I think that's I like also, again, a fault of the script because, like I said earlier, no one really outside of Mark Ruffalo, and we can disagree on yeah. whether Mark Ruffalo's character gets development, but as a main character, there's a lot of focus on him. No one really outside of him gets any characterization or development. Um, so, so that is, again, a missed mm. opportunity. I think my big thing about this... And again, I like this movie. I, 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 we're gonna we're gonna be negative about it, and then I'm, you're gonna probably be surprised by the score uh, I give, uh, because what this movie rides on is the facts of its story, yeah. and the facts of its story are fucking mental. They are. If you don't know the story, they are genuinely fucking insane to 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 watch or read about. It is based on a New York Times article, and I don't feel. I got any more level of dramatic enjoyment out of this being a movie, and it is a movie, not an article, than I would just reading the article and yeah, learning the yeah, facts. Yeah. But I can't take that away from the fact that the ways I learned those facts was by watching the movie. And therefore, my enjoyment of that is tied to the movie. But I think the movie should have taken more advantages of the fact that it is a movie and not a article um, and and um, and heightened up the different media like it, it yeah. just presenting I... the facts uh, is cool. I guess it gets the sure. story out to more people, but you're not adapting it properly for the medium in which you are presenting mm. it. Having said mm. that. I watched this with Alan and I very much enjoyed learning, enjoyed is sure, the wrong word, uh, but but learning the facts was a wild experience through which I did it through this movie and I probably wouldn't have learned them any other way because mm. I don't fucking read five-year-old New York Times articles in my spare time. Um, so it's, it's difficult for me to analyse this truly fairly because I think as a movie on a technical level uh, outside of Mark Ruffalo's performance, I think it's pretty average i don't think the script's very good uh and i think actually that's where most of most of the issues lie the script is pretty average um uh but i thoroughly enjoyed the experience of watching this movie so it is difficult for me to analyze um with that we uh discuss these films uh, and we give them uh four different ratings we give the film itself out of five and hathaway's performance out of five the america's sweetheartometer how much of america's sweetheart is Anne hathaway in this film um uh, and the uh hathaway stash away uh, oh no and the Anne Ma- Anne's man's of course sorry uh Anne's man's um where we are giving a list of uh all of Anne hathaway's love interests uh throughout uh her movies uh, and then we will decide whether we are stashing away this movie, whether this movie will uh, galvanise humanity to fight back against the aliens. Uh, so, Alexander, what are you giving this uh, out of five? To me, it's it's between a... No, for me, it's a solid three. I actually think it's... Oh, a good movie. I, see, I saw you going for a two, and oh, I think two would have been harsh. That's, that's my thing. Two is harsh. It's not a bad movie. I just think it's dramatically inert. Um... You know, I think it's much better than The Hustle. I think it's a lot better than a lot of Anne Hathaway's recent movies. And I would much rather her make more movies like this than I would yes, movies 100%. like that. So I need to reward her for that and give her three. Um, so I'm I'm going higher. Uh, obviously, everyone knows that I use uh, decimal places, which allows me to compare directly. I'm around the four zone. I'm looking at... Oh, I found a 3.9. I was like, oh, that'd be a nice... <coughs> Excuse me. A barometer, but it's the fucking Jenny Lewis music video. That doesn't help me at all. Fuck, I'm about to die, Alexander. <coughs> it's DuPont's. They're coming to get me. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
<coughs> oh. Oh, I, I might be dying. Jamie um, has got COVID for the third time. Yeah. impressive. <coughs> I think looking back across Anne Hathaway's filmography, it is extremely depressing how few times I have given her a four or higher. Um, it has literally, other than Interstellar, which I still don't have the stats for because I didn't have um, the fucking spreadsheet open and I haven't gone back and listened to the episode, but I assume I gave it over a five in that, over a four in that. Um, I've given like, Five fours or higher across her career, which is rough. Which are would you see your your highest ones are? <coughs> uh, I gave Modern Love a four last week. Uh, I gave Documentary Now a five. That barely counts. I assume I gave Interstellar like a four or a five. Um, I gave Les Mis a five. I gave Dark Knight Rises a four point five. I gave Devil Wears Prada a four point five. I gave Ellen Enchanted a four, and I gave The Cat Returns a four point seven. It's not great. Wait, what did it? Oh, and I gave Brokeback you... Mountain a five. I gave. What did you give Rachel getting married? Uh, I gave Rachel getting married a four, three point eight. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, Here's my is... th- watching this made me yeah. want to rewatch Rachel getting married. A yeah, lot, yeah. A lot. I think I think I'm gonna have to give it a four. This is the difficulty of me giving the decimal places because I have to give it a four because that is what I said in my brain as soon as I finished that. I reckoned it was a four. Um, oh. But but it does feel harsh to put this uh, above Rachel getting married, which uh, probably was better. Um, yeah. uh, Anne Hathaway's performance. Uh, it is at this point where I want to say that Anne Hathaway is not categorically not at this point in her career at beleaguered housewife fucking casting. Literally the Jamie, last movie she was Jamie, in. The, no, the last she movie she the was movie, in. She starts the movie as young hot house. She starts the movie as young hot housewife. All right, and she can be young. Jamie, once again, the average age to get married is twenty six. She was 34, which means she had eight years to get beleaguered, Jamie. I'm sorry. But you, this... are, you looking, are you looking me in the eyes and telling me that someone can't become beleaguered after eight Ale- years of marriage? Alexander, Let me tell you Al- what, Jamie, they can. Alexander, you know what I mean. This is a specific yeah, yeah, yeah. archetype and she should not be... Well, the last it's... movie she was in was The Hustle, where her archetype was fucking sexy femme fatale. How can she, she go directly rage. from that to this? rage. That woman's no, got rage this for is years, bullshit. Jamie. Get the better issue, no, roles Jamie, for mid-30s women. The, the issue is Mark Ruffalo was like 50 when this movie came out and she's 34. That's the issue here. If the male lead was also getting aged up all the way through, I think it would be less bad individually. I think it's bad because Mark Ruffalo looks like he's 45 to 50 the entire movie. That's she fair. looks 34 the entire time. But eventually she's like, I'm tired. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're, you know, I, I believe you can be tired. I don't believe, like, <laughs> I don't believe this relationship. Anyway. Um, um, so I, I, I think her issue, my issues with her are with casting uh, because I don't, I think she's completely underused in this movie. Uh, and otherwise a better actress, uh, deserves better roles. Uh, deserves more screen time um, and uh, and unfortunately therefore uh, I'm going to give this a three I think I think it's I... it's a perfectly fine performance but also I don't think she should be the person giving it I like it better than that I'm going to give it a four cool 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 uh, we then have the Sweetheart Tometer how much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film I'm sorry America loves youth baby this is beleaguered housewife rounds this is a zero Wow. Uh, Jamie, there are three things that America loves, all right? <coughs> Apple pie, uh, the Seattle Kraken, and, of course, beleaguered housewives. She's a five in this, all right? There's nothing more There's five. nothing more American than apple pie made by mom, all right? 
and she's oh, a mom. Jesus. So, you know, I, okay. I, I assume she can make apple pie. I don't know. How hard um, can it be to get some apples and a pie? Right. Uh, this leaves us, therefore, with Anne's Mans. Uh, oh, and, uh, of course, we must... Uh, this is our... Uh, Chronological, chronological, that's not correct. That would just be one to... Anyway, our ranking, uh, our, our listing of every single um, love interest Anne Hathaway has. Um, there's sort of two factors uh, that are going to go into this. Um, firstly, uh, this man is a saint. This mm-hmm. man is a literal saint. Uh, the fact that he fought this hard uh, for uh, people who he had no... well other than his grammar, knowing them. Um, he's also never discussed how his grandma was probably poisoned as well. Um, but anyway, uh, this man fought extremely hard uh, for a long time against a very large system. Uh, he is, a, and is still fighting to this day. This man is a saint. Secondly, Mark Ruffalo is a sexy motherfucker. I love a bit of Mark Ruffalo. Think he looks great. Maybe not in this movie specifically, but uh, as he gets more and more um, fucking stressed and, and uh, old. But uh, Mark Ruffalo is a sexy motherfucker. I like Mark Ruffalo. And the last thing that is going to decide this is uh, when we removed Serenity, um, uh, I sort of did a little bit where I said that uh, the Matthew McConaughey character in that uh, was a war hero, that he, he died for his country, uh, and therefore uh, he should be at the top. Um, and I realized he was probably fighting in wars that I quite disagree with. Um, sorry, no, no, sorry. No, no, no. I need to stop you there for a second there, Jamie. So you put him at the top of the list. Um, are you saying you're putting Mark Ruffalo at the top of this list? <laughs> I, I'm putting Mark Ruffalo at the top of this list. Are you firstly, fucking, firstly, are you because he's a insane? sexy man. Firstly, because he's a sexy man. Secondly, because he's a saint. No, 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 and this, thirdly, Jamie, thirdly, because I don't this, want... Jamie, I, he looks like Golden Brown in this. No, he's, he's not sexy, sexy but, in this movie. Oh, sexy. Second of all, he's, he's a oh. pretty bad husband for most of the movie. Alexander, I am making my... You can make your arguments in a minute. My arguments are, he's a sexy motherfucker. He's a literal saint and i don't want He's my proxy saint, alexander Jamie. let me finish I'm my sorry. third Has point you, let me get Catholic to my punchline no, i'm trying to make a fucking Finish. joke alexander there's a punchline there's a setup and then a punchline and you won't let me get to the punchline you little bit i've tried three times and it's not worth it now but my reason to spoil wrong my voice because he's sexy he is a saint and i don't want my proxy support of the iraq war being the top of my list anymore so matthew mcconaughey the war hero is being bumped down to number two and mark ruffalo the saint of the people is number one there i got my fucking joke out alexander where is he going on your stupid list number 20 he goes above jack nasty which is basically the beginning of people who suck on the list but he's below <laughs> peach man from modern love who makes a very nice peach uh, like peach <laughs> Uh, what was this fucking movie called? Uh, Dark Waters. Um, uh, now, I Alexander, I, 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 can, I cannot believe he's number one on your list. I have, um, I have never been so angry. Jamie, we last week had to restart the podcast because of an argument going out. This is worse than that. This emotionally is 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 so much worse. Um, I'm, I'm very glad. You put Gordon Brown at number one on your list. Like, Gordon, it's a himbo list, Jamie. I want you to look me dead in the eyes and tell me that bloody Gordon Brown is number one himbo. Mark Ruffalo is a saint, Alexander, and I cannot have 
my accidental support of American warmongering Jamie. at the top of my list anymore. Now, you tell should, Jamie, you... should past mistakes make me make current mistakes? Maybe not, Alexander, but I'm digging deep for this. Jamie, you show me where in the Bible it says that you are morally obligated to fuck a saint. All right? You show me where <laughs> oh. in the Bible it says that. That's Deuteronomy 6, 9, baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, so a very important question, Alexander. Are you going to stash away this film? No. I see, this is, this is a difficult one for me. This is a difficult one for me. I, I think immediately after watching it, I I was thinking it's a four and it, I'm probably stashing it away. And, and, I, and I think I'm going to stick with that for two reasons. Firstly, because I'm not going to let your your dark waters infect my brain. Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean my my experiences were invalid. I enjoyed that movie. Me and my girlfriend watched it together. It was not fun because it's not a fun movie, but it was a good time watching it. And secondly, I believe that the dogged spirit of the saint Mark Ruffalo in this movie absolutely will galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens because what are the aliens if not the largest corporation to ever exist so this is the perfect movie to get people to fight back against the aliens but alexander as i have presented this movie to humanity um but you have not what are you going to be presenting uh this week uh, to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens well, so I've already told Jamie that he needs to go watch Spotlight and uh, Aaron Brockovich, and I encourage everyone to go watch uh, Spotlight and Aaron Brockovich. They're much, 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 much better versions of this film. Um, two, uh, there's the movie, there's the TV show, which I finished recently, called White Lotus. Uh, it is great. Uh, Jamie, you would like White Lotus a lot. I think it pretty fits into your sense of comedy. Uh, it's also something everyone should watch. Uh, make you feel guilty about going on holidays, but it's great. Um I love it. However, none of that's going in. Instead, oh. what's going in is a little uh, little French uh, video game studio. That's right. Arcane Lyon. Oui, ah. that's correct. The guys who made Deathloop, uh, Dishonored, and Dishonored 2. Uh, that's right. I liked them before they were cool. Uh, and they're now <laughs> Xbox exclusive, baby. That's right. After after Deathloop, every game is coming out exclusive yeah, to Xbox. I've, I've, I've got I've to make, make the most of Deathloop because uh, Big Daddy Sony is uh, is getting shut out of that door oh, uh, yeah. but yes go play Deathloop it's very good fun uh, I thought it, honestly if you have an Xbox like wait a year till it's free but like you know they're always good um, uh, or do what I do which is buy video games second hand and then sell them back for credit to the same second hand store so you're just constantly only paying about £10 for every video was game Deathloop you buy already in the second hand already in uh... tech Technically, I did not do that for this one because oh. I really wanted it. So I went yeah. into it's town good. and I bought it from a game. But then I will sell it back. So I will have only yeah. spent uh, around about uh, £15. Good idea. Um, I, I, I'm bad at that. and Just yeah, just spend too much so. money on video games? Yeah, yeah. That's what <laughs> I was doing. That's what I was doing. Yeah. That's why I've changed my ways. Um, right. That is us. Uh, dear listeners, uh, I am six minutes late for what I need to do, which is go play board games uh, because... Fucking, that's all I do with my life. Uh, so let's wrap this up nice and quickly. Uh, you can follow us at Jamie P. Loxon. You can't follow Al on Twitter anymore because he deleted his Twitter because Twitter sucks. Um, sucks. Uh, you can follow us at uh, Blanks Bank Pod. Uh, you can join us next week when we are going to be reviewing something that I can't remember. So, Alexander, what can our dear listeners do between now and then while I'm looking up what the fuck we're reviewing next week? 
you know, go give us a share on Facebook too. Uh, I we I mean I, I, I think both I and Jamie forgot to post anything on any kind of social media the last few weeks yes, because yeah, we had really we good downloads for the hustle, which was great. But then we kind of forgot to post anything because of that. Uh, so please go and share stuff. Go listen to the Serenity episode. I think it's really good. Uh, you know, go out and just make love. You know, just find someone to <laughs> Everybody hold go you. fuck, baby. Um, and uh, next week you can join us uh, where we're going to be getting even hornier uh, for the sexy Ben Affleck, baby. Ben Affleck, oh. Anne Hathaway and Willem Dafoe in The Last Thing He Wanted, a Netflix film I have never heard of, which oh. probably means it is not very good. So uh, join us for that uh, next week. Uh, and other than that, uh, from me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, there's one more app in the bank. Hey, Jamie, it's me, your Auntie Muffin. Can I borrow some <laughs> butter? I'm awful dry. Why does my Aunt Muffin want to fuck me? <laughs> why, why did Auntie Muffin have it, to do that? Auntie Muffin was an- dying in cancer in my, in my story. It's auntie in a social way. You know, like your next door neighbor you call auntie and it's not creepy because she moved and, in after you were and, 20 and years she, old, so it's not grooming. Oh no, I'm stuck in you. this bit. How do I get out? Hey, ooh, I'll eat myself. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> oh dear. Blank spank.